Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. Well, I'm so excited to be able to share around our series, Save a City. And saving a city can feel a little bit daunting if we think about it. But God was just reminding me uh, as, as just thinking upon this message that the earth actually belongs to the Lord. Oftentimes, I think we, we, we consider that the earth belongs to the, the spirit of this world, but that's not true. The earth belongs to the Lord. Th- that's what the Bible says. The earth is the Lord and everything in it. Yes, there is a spirit in this world uh, that affects the systems, that affects how things operate, but that affects those who are unbelievers, which is why God raises up righteous people to take the earth back. And so what are we doing? We are called to do what? To go into all the world, preach the gospel, and see people get saved, or in other words, take the earth back. Does that make sense? So that we that's how we save a city. How do we save a city? It's by praying for for a city. How do we we save a city? By engaging with the city that God has given to us, getting one person saved at a time. Could you imagine if you got one person saved and then discipled, the city will be completely transformed. Because oftentimes when we think of the concept of saving a city, how do I do that? But it starts when just one, we would refuse to remain silent, but we would take a stand and engage with the world around us. And what, what is our role is to take people out of darkness and put them into the light of God. And each of us have the, the capacity to, to do so. Why? Because the spirit of God is on the inside of us. And I've really been thinking on, uh, reflecting on the story of, of Moses and his beginnings and, and thinking on Pharaoh's daughter and how she, what did she do? She went out and she, she did a, a, a work that was unheard of, and especially in her position. If you think about who she is, what she represented, she should not go against the words of her father, especially knowing that he's the Pharaoh, that he's the king, that he's the one who set the standard, and yet she had another way. So in other words, that she said yes to something that could have actually cost her very life, but yet it brought transformation. So God is really, from that story, that, and I'm going to get into it in just a moment, God has been just stirring in my heart, what if we would love God with our yes, it would absolutely change everything. All we need is a yes, friends, and I'm here to encourage you today that as we say yes to God, that we will absolutely see transformation. Maybe if some of you in this room would be familiar with the story I'm going to share with you. There was a little boy who was on walking along a seashore, and on the seashore, it was filled with starfish. So he grabbed a starfish, and he thought he needed to rescue it, so he began to throw it in the water. And then he goes after the next starfish, and he throws it in, and then one after another after another, but there, it just seemed like it was endless. Like, how was he going to get through them all? Well, there was an older gentleman who came up and, and, said, and chuckled at the boy and said, 
what are you doing? And he's like, well, I'm, and he's looking at the starfish. He's like, well, I, I'm saving the starfish. Can't you see? They're all over the, the, the seashore. And if they don't get back into the ocean, they're going to die. And the old man, he, he laughs and, and he says, but surely you can't save all of them. So he looked at the starfish and he had a, a great, you know, just thinking about it. And he threw it back into the ocean. He said, yes, but I can save that one. So if we would have the mindset of we can make a difference if we make what what is in front of us what can we what can we move in what can we what can we say yes to The title of my message tonight is the yes factor The yes factor so your yes will unlock destiny just like that little boy who said yes to that starfish guess what that starfish was saved because he made a decision to say yes to it so when we make a decision, friends, to say yes to the things of God, when we say yes, even though we don't know what's on the other side of it, that it unlocks our destiny. Are we not looking for greater purpose in life? Are we not looking to discover what are the gifts, what are the talents, what are the things that we're meant to do? But if we would truly just say yes to God, it will unlock our destiny. It will unlock the destiny of those that are around us. And it will absolutely unlock the destiny of, of the community or the territory that God has called us to. Now, we know that our yes, it does uh, it does require a risk. Think about it. If, if I think back on uh, Pharaoh's daughter, there was a risk involved for her to say yes to Moses, right? Ultimately, she could have had her own life was at hand, but there was something in her that could not shake letting that little boy die. Why? Because there was a destiny to, for him to be a deliverer. And all God was looking for was would someone say yes to this young man? Would someone say yes to this young man? And, and, and everything changed. When we, when we begin to look at the story, I, I begin to think like, man, actually, either she was a rebellious daughter, which praise God for that in this case, or uh, she was countercultural and she didn't really agree with what her father was doing. So if we're going to save a city, how many of you know that we're going to have to have some disagreement with the world systems? Right? We're going to have to make a stand. We're going to have to do something a little bit different. Come on. We can't just keep behaving the way that everyone else behaves around us. So we find in Exodus 2 and in verse 5, it says, Then the daughter Pharaoh came down to bathe at the river. She had no idea that her life was about to change. And her maidens walked alongside the riverside, and when she saw the ark among the, reeves, uh, the reeds, she sent her maid to get, uh, to get it. Verse 6, when she opened it, she saw the child, and behold, the baby wept. And so she had compassion on him and said, this is one of the Hebrews' children. So, we, so she knew clearly whose child this was. In other words, like it's a death sentence for her if she's engaged with him, right? Because in that time, those kids were actually all meant to be slaughtered, right? And she already knew the Hebrew woman was obviously trying to send her son away, but there was something in her, compassion. Maybe she was countercultural. Maybe she just, there was something that God was already tugging at her heart. And ultimately, she was actually saying yes to God, even though maybe in that moment, she didn't realize that. If you think about it, then her sister said, Said, and then his sister, so Moses' sister was right, she's on the, on the side of the river, said to Pharaoh's daughter, shall I go and call a nurse for you from among the Hebrew woman that she may nurse the child for you? And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, go. And so the maiden went, 
called the child's mother and Pharaoh's daughter said to her, take this child away, nurse him for me, and I will give him or give you your wages. So the woman took the child and nursed him. How beautiful is that? That even Moses's mother had to trust God in putting her son on the river instead of trying to hold him where he would have likely been slaughtered. She had to trust that I'm going to put him on the water and trust that my God is going to come through on my behalf. And God in his goodness and his graciousness and his mercy was able to bring the son back into her his into her arms where she was able to nurse him probably two years before she brought him back to Pharaoh's daughter. And look at this powerful statement verse in verse 10. And the child grew and she brought him to Pharaoh's daughter and he became her son. In other words, he became adopted and she called him Moses because I drew him out of the water. So she would have at the very, very least, she would have known that her father would make Hebrew slaves and not sons. And so she did something countercultural. She did something because her yes, this baby is worth life. This baby is worth fighting for. This baby is worth taking a stand for. And she didn't realize that her yes would actually unlock her own destiny. She didn't realize that her yes would actually unlock the destiny of Moses. So friends, maybe there's a yes on the inside of you towards something that God's been nudging you that may unlock a Moses in this generation. Come on. You, come on. Maybe there's a, there's a yes on the inside of you that's, that's going to get this person into the right place, into the right Maybe it's your yes and who you're meant to vote for that's going to put that right person in office and that we're going to see transformation in our cities and every level that, that, that there is, every sector that it is. And if we need to start with the dog catchers, let's start with the dog catchers, as Pastor Michael was saying. Come on. Right? So wherever we're at, that we can make a difference. If we would not remain silent, raise up our hands and say yes. What I loved is that she refused to conform to her father's ways. She, she refused to adopt and take that in, but she went on and said, no, I'm going to adopt him and see transformation inevitably that came to her and that inevitably that came to Moses. Now, here's the thing that I want to propose to you tonight. The greatest, your greatest adventure, your greatest adventure of unlocking your destiny and, and the destiny of the lives of the people who are attached to you, people that you will interact with, that is on the other side of your yes. So I wonder what yeses that you have uh, on the inside of you that you need to get and, and release and say, God, I'm saying yes tonight. So the first, first yes, if you're ready, is yes to Jesus. Our first yes is yes to Jesus. It says in Psalm 119 and 94, it says, I am yours, save me. I am yours, save me. Here, here's my story. I didn't grow up in a Christian church at all. I didn't grow up in church. I grew up in the bowling alley every Sunday. That's where you'd find me. And uh, my parents were uh, major leaguers. They were on two different teams. And so we, we went from bowling alley to watching NFL in the afternoons. And so I got my full sports day was every Sunday growing up. So I can tell you all about bowling, could tell, tell you all about football. And that's what I did for many, many years. And I had an encounter with God when I was younger, around eight or so years old. I went to a, a harvest festival with my, my aunt. I remember uh, asking Jesus to come into my heart, but not having the support around me, I began just to do what, we, what you do, going into the ways. And so 
many, you know, years passed by, all of my teenage years and into my early 20s, I found myself just living a life full of addiction, living many addictions, many just areas of brokenness. But I had this dichotomy on the inside of me because I knew who God was. I just didn't really know how to live for him. And I thought that I had to clean myself up before I can come into the house of God. Can anyone relate to that? Like I knew what his requirements were and I knew that I were not meeting those requirements. And so I would be the person who was high, who was drunk, who was arguing with people where we were at about how they need to believe in Jesus. But yet I was obviously not living right because I was so lost and so broken and and it crescendoed into a crisis event in my life where I found myself in an ER. And, and in that ER, I was literally dying. And, and it just was a combination of all the things that I had taken the night before, uh, or a few hours before, rather. And I was all of a sudden, at my young age, I'm laying in this hospital room, in this ER room with equipment and, and all the things that are around me. And they're, they're making decisions very quickly to try to figure out what to do and how to triage the situation and ultimately save my life. And I was, I just knew if I die in this moment, I am not going to go to heaven. I'm going to go to hell. And it scared literally the hell right out of me. And, and I literally cried out to God. And I just said, God, if you would let me live, I swear I will live for you all the days of my life, not halfway, but all the way. I am completely yours. And can I tell you in that moment, everything changed in an instant. Everything, the readings, my heart began beating properly, like everything shifted in a moment. Moments later, the hospital work, you know, there's the nurses and there was a couple of doctors that came in. They came in and they were dumbfounded and they could not figure out what had just happened. So so, so they look at the equipment, they look at my friend who's with me and they, they look at me and they just kept on doing this like triple take to figure out like, what the, how, how did this happen? But I knew exactly what had happened is that I had cried out to God and I asked him to save me and he heard me. And I remember just everything felt like different in, the, in that moment. I couldn't explain it. And I, and, and I left that hospital room. They, they kept me for a few hours to monitor and do all the things. And they said, well, we don't know what it is. It was just a fluke. It was a medical incident, I think is what they called it. And they sent me on the way because they couldn't explain what had happened. Uh, And now, did God cause it to happen? No. Did he use it? Absolutely. (laughs) So just make that clear. (laughs) Right? So there, there I am, I, I go home and I'm a, I, I'm a restaurant manager, so I can't call, call in sick to myself. So I get myself up, put the uniform on, get to the restaurant and do what I had been doing for the last 10 years, grab a cigarette, light it up. I know you're thinking, I didn't know she's, I did, I don't now, right? <laughs> Uh, so, so I light up and, and I looked at him thinking, what in the world am I doing? Like, I, I can't even do this. And I literally flicked it. And that was literally the last time that I had ever smoked after smoking for 10 years. And got, so God instantaneously, come on, will, will he not do it? Will he not do exceedingly abundantly above all that we will ask or think? So ultimately, my life became completely transformed just because I asked Jesus to save me. 
Instantly, like things were just removed and dropped. But on the other side of that that commitment or that vow was, God, I will live for you all the days of my life. But I didn't know how to live for him. I, I only knew how to live for myself. I only knew how to live for the addictions that I was previously caught up in. And I said, God, okay, what do I do? How do I do this? And, and what, what and I say, yes, how do I get trained? And, and I remembered a, a Bible school that my family was telling me about. It was another friend of a friend or something like that. And I knew that was not the one. And a friend said, no, Shelly, you need to check out this Bible school in Southern California. And as soon as I watched the video or the promo video, I knew that I knew that that was the school that I was meant to go to. And by it, it left everything. I left everything that was familiar. I, I left family. I left friends. You know, it's like going away to college, literally into a, a, a different place where I knew literally no one. Starting over, starting fresh, and getting trained and equipped. And then before you know it, when I graduate, I, we, we had a program where you would go to like a, a mission field. So you, you get sent to some country. So I got voluntold. Have you ever been voluntold before? So I got voluntold that I was going to go to Mongolia. And I thought, good Lord, I'm from Santa Cruz, California, where the sun shines and it just rains a little bit. I am not the girl for winter months of minus 40, minus 50 degrees. So I had to pray and intercede. Jesus, help me to see these people the way that you see them, because all I'm thinking about is the cold weather. <laughs> all I'm thinking about is how, the, how difficult those circumstances are. But through praying and just asking God, God, this is, this is your plan for me. This is your desire for me. And I made the decision to, to go with an open heart and with an open mind and, and a yes, God, whatever it is that you have for me. That entire nation, it was, what, a, what an incredible blessing that it's become into my own life. And seeing our yes and us going, the, the things that have been transformed in the nation, so you have to understand, that is a nation where the gospel has only been there since 1990. Very, very new. Not like us where it's been around for hundreds of years. And so for us to establish a Bible school where literally to date, there's been thousands of people have graduated from a ministry training school. Come on. Hundreds of ministers and pastors that have gone throughout the world launching churches, launching other training programs, thousands of Bibles and, and training materials going out. So seeing the impact that was made, and it all started with, yes, God, I want to live for you. And can I just tell you how humbling it is to know that I had a small part, a small part in a nation where literally they're now in their second and third generation Christians of knowing of that because I said yes. And, and God is not looking for your ability. He's looking for your availability. He's looking for your yes. And so you may be in this room and you're like, but I don't know like how I'm going to change a city. Well, are you available to help God change the city? Are you available to put your hand in the air and say, yes, I'm willing to go there. I'm willing to be trained. I'm willing to do. I'm willing to go. Our second yes that we need is our yes to serve others. So there, there has to be a shift in us of like, it's not just about us surrendering to Jesus, but we've got to figure out what our assignment is. Where, where is it that God would have us to be? And, and I think of the story of the, of the Good Samaritan. Many of you would be familiar, right, of the, the story of the Good Samaritan. And, and in that story, it's pretty incredible to think what, what happened there is that you, you had 
this man, a Jewish man, who was thrown on the street by a bunch of bandits who, who whipped him, who, who robbed him, who, who stripped him naked and left him half dead, the Bible says, right? And so this man is in dire straits. And so you get two religious leaders that pass by him. First, you get a priest, and the Bible says that the priest saw him from a distance, and he actually walked around on the other side. And then right behind the priest, here comes a Levite who was actually a priest assistant. And what did he do? He did the exact same thing. He saw him. He crossed over on the other side. It's almost like, is this a playbook from like COVID 2020, like, a, you know, like social distancing to the other extreme? You know, like you really think of like, what the, you know, like, why would they do that? Like, why wouldn't they stop? But they're so, they didn't want their agenda to be interrupted. They didn't, you know, and sometimes, how do you know, like, when we're on a mission, we're on a mission. And we don't really like being interrupted, right, if you think about it. And so I think that that's basically, you know, there's a lot of things, but that could be one possibility. But there was one man, the Samaritan, now known as the Good Samaritan. When he saw him, and I believe it's in, in verse 33, yeah, finally, another man, a Samaritan, came upon the bleeding man and was moved with tender compassion for him. He stooped down, gave him first aid, poured, uh, pouring out olive oil in his wounds, disinfecting them with wine, bandaging them to stop the bleeding. Lifting him up, he placed him on his own donkey and brought him into an inn. And he took him from his donkey, carried him into the room in the inn for the night. So like that man like went above and beyond, did he not? And it was just so incredible just what that did. So what was Jesus illustrating that if we're going to love God wholeheartedly, then we're going to serve people compassionately. If we say that we love God, but we're not serving others, there's a disconnect, right? So it's, and I'm always looking, you know, my, one of my goals, my, my vision card from the beginning of this year is like, am I loving others well? Am I being kind to others? Am I noticing what is going on around me? Why is uh, compassion important? Because compassion, as we see with this man, he could not leave him the same way that he found him, right? He had to engage with what he saw. So Jesus saying, listen, I want you to serve others, but I want you to serve others with kindness. Be, extend your heart, extend. This, this is a part of our assignment, Right, that this will cause us, if you will, to stop for the one. Right, maybe your job isn't to save an entire city, but can you save one person? Can you stop for one person? Come on, and let's make it very simple, very easy for us to grab a hold of. I remember being in Mongolia, Mongolia in the capital city is called UB for short, or Ulaanbaatar for the, the full name. And there's one major road that runs through the entire city. And on this road, uh, there was a woman who was completely drunk, passed out, like she was standing, and then she just passed out, like right in the middle of the road. And we were in a taxi, and I said, we gotta get out. So we jumped out of the taxi, we ran to where she was at, and we quickly got her out of the road. Why? For sure, the drivers in that nation would have ran her over. So we quickly got her out, and then it was just like trying to figure out like, okay, how do we help her? Like, how do we get her where she needs to go? It's, it's cold out there. We can't just leave her in this condition but she's so belligerently drunk. You can't even understand anything she's saying. And she's just kind of 
you know, wobbling around and we're like, honey, like where, where, where do you live? And I don't know. And then before you know it, like she literally dropped her underpants and like just in front of us, in front of everyone. And she just went to the restroom and we're just like, oh my gosh. So like, I just stood to try to shield her. My other friend with me, she tried to shield her. And we're just like, I mean, what are you going to do? You just got to make do with the best of the very awkward situation, right? It's not something you typically would see, right? And so, so we just made do. And there's like, no, we got down and she's down there and we're, we're like, no, where are you? We finally figured out what district she lived in because the capital city is broken up in districts. So we figured out what district that she's in. So we get, we jump in a taxi with her, bring her to the district. Okay, what building? So we track down finally where she actually lived. So we're literally one's on one side and one's on the other. And we're just kind of, you know, she's slipping and, you know, it's just this whole to do to try to get her into this home. So we finally get her to the home and maybe within three minutes, her mother and her grandmother and like the whole family came home and they found her completely drunk. Wasn't the first time, obviously. And so they had disappointment, but then they had shame because now there's this American woman that's in their, their house and they're, they just felt so ashamed that your, your, you Americans are going to now think that we're just a bunch of alcoholic drunks. And so that was a, a door opener to say, honey, I don't think anything less of you guys. I don't think I, I'm here because I love this nation and I love you and I love your daughter. We want to make sure that she is safe. And so just that cracked everything open. The entire family ended up getting saved. Come on. Come on. Praise God. And, and you know why? Because it started with loving one person. It started with actually just stopping for one person. What if we just stopped for one? You don't know what's on the other side of your agenda being interrupted to just love on someone. You say, well, I don't know how to help. Oh, great. Do you know how to love? <laughs> do you know how to say hello? Uh, do you know how to be kind? Uh, do you, if you see someone drunk in the middle of the road, would you have the, uh, you know, the uh, compassion to lift them out of the road? You know, it can be as simple as that. And you just don't know what's on the other side. I didn't know that that was going to happen. But I knew that, that Jesus will open up hearts if we would meet practical needs. I love Pastor Tommy Barnett. He says, the phrase is like this. He says, find a need and fill it. Find a hurt and heal it. And if you would focus on these two things, you will see transformation in the community and the territory that's around you. Because the truth is, is that people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. So if we would just start caring for the one that we see, just start with one. What if we just left this place and said, between now and Sunday, I'm going to find one person to extend kindness to. Just one, just one. How many would be willing to look for one? Just be open for the one that you can see that's, that's, a, that's beautiful. You, you just don't know what's on the other side of that. What's on the other side of just saying yes that unlocks destiny for people. Uh, this last week was a, a big week in Awakened Missions. And I, I received a call on Friday morning. And as you, many of you know, in, in Baja, we have uh, four programs, two children's homes that are in two different places, one in TJ and another one in Rosarito. And we received a call that the authorities were shutting down another orphanage because of uh, abuse and neglect and different issues. And the authorities approached us first and said, would you consider taking these kids? And my instantaneous reaction was like, Heck yeah, we will take those kids. Heck yeah, we're going to look after those kids. We're not going to let them be neglected. We're not going to, someone's got to stand up for them. 
But then I thought, you know what? And let me check with Pastor Jurgen <laughs> and see, make sure that he's saying the same heck yeah as I did. And uh, checked with Pastor Jurgen, and, he, and he's like, absolutely. We want to put our hands up. We want to say yes. We want to see lives transformed. And so we were able to rescue these kids literally out of darkness and bring them into light. And I literally, right before service, received a photo of these beautiful girls, these beautiful boys that are now in the home eating with our kids. And the staff is like, man, we cannot believe how well these kids are integrating together. We cannot believe just that God's hand is obviously on this integration and taking in these kids. So thank God that we said yes. And you were a part of that. You were a part of what we're doing in, in, in Baja. And so it's just, you, you just don't know how your yes will actually unlock destiny for other people. Your yes will unlock destiny for other people for yourself, that you'll begin to discover things that you didn't know, that you had the capacity in you to do. I love that God wants to, and he, all he's looking for is our availability. All he's looking for is us to say yes. Will we say yes to Jesus? Will we say yes to fully surrendering our lives to him? Will we say yes to serving others? And, and I'm so grateful that there's so many beautiful people in this room that you're serving on a team. The high team, kids, uh, production, music, whatever area, thank God that you're serving. And if you're not serving, this is a great opportunity for you to say, you know what, I don't know where to start, but I'm willing to start somewhere. I want to get on a team. I want to get in somewhere. I want to put my hand up. Come on. You will find such a transformation coming into your life. See, we're, 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 it's not about that we need you to serve, but it's more of we know the benefits of when you start serving, what's on the other side of you serving. We know that your giftings get unlocked on the other side of your serving. We know that your passions get, get unlocked on the other side of your serving. I cannot tell you how many people that I find that come with us on a mission trip to Baja, and they, they come back and they're just so excited. They found a new passion in life. They, they found a new enthusiasm. And I have some that we, we call them like our, our mission trip junkies because they literally have not missed one. And like every single mission trip that they're on it. Why? Because they've caught something. They found something that they're passionate about. They found something that they're able to make a difference in people's lives. And it, and it may start as something as simple as just saying yes to a mission trip. Yes, I will give a shameless plug to missions. I should. <laughs> right? Come on. Right? Why? Because there's something that's unlocked on the inside of you because you said yes, and then as you're serving, then guess what? Then that blesses who you're serving and unlocks and opens something up to them. Think of it, Pharaoh's daughter had to say yes to Moses in order for him to be the deliverer of Israel. If without her yes, he wouldn't have been able to do it. What a transformation that came as a result of that. That loving God with our yes unlocks the destiny of those we get to serve. Number three. Say yes to your kingdom come. Like meaning your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So we have an opportunity to say, yes, I'm going to be a part of bringing your kingdom into this earth. I'm going to say yes to reaching the neighbor, stopping for the one. It's a beautiful man. He's gone to be with the Lord. His name's Reinhard Bonnke. How many of you have heard of Reinhard Bonnke? Incredible evangelist. Do you know in a span of 45 years, he ministered to millions and millions of people throughout the world, specifically targeting the whole continent of Africa. Think of it. 
Some of us are believing for a city. Some of us are believing for a, a nation. But he was believing for an entire continent. And through 45 years of ministry and preaching, and he preached in literally like millions. It was crazy. When you look at the sizes and the crusades that they would do, do you know in 45 years, they saw well over 80 million decision cards for Jesus. Come on. Why? How, how did that happen? Because one man believed and said, yes, I'm, I believe in restoration. I believe that Africa can be saved. I believe that transformation can happen. And that's all it starts is my belief and my yes. All God is looking for is, will I believe and will I say yes? If you remember nothing else I said tonight, if you would remember, I, all I have to do is believe and all I have to do is say yes and it will unlock your own destiny. I mean, one of, the most amazing adventure, the most a, 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 amazing opportunity is on the other side of your yes. And I, what, what's, what, how do we save a nation? How do, we, how do we save a city? Could we commit to praying for the city? Could we commit to 15 minutes a day that I'm going to pray? And you say, well, I don't really know how to pray. I'm glad that you said that because we have cherished prayer and we have emerged prayer that you can be a part of. Come on, right? Where we can engage in prayer. We can engage in praying for our city. We can engage in praying for our church. We can engage in praying for our nation and seeing things change. So many amazing shifts and transformations have taken place in this, even this last year if we would just pray. Number two, all we have to do, you're like, well, I, I'm not really like the evangelist type. Cool, neither am I. <laughs> all I do is just love people. All I do is just come alongside people. What if we invited someone to a church event? What if we invited someone to a connect group? I was listening to a friend of mine and she was telling a story about how one young lady got invited to church and that young lady started going to a connect group. And as she was in a connect group, she invited a friend to go to the connect group. And that friend invited another friend who invited another friend and so on and so forth. Their lives transformed, their lives healed, their lives restored, marriages coming, all the things. And do you know what? In a span of three and a half years from one young lady being invited to church, they added to the church over 250 people from one invite. Incredible. What if, what if we just, you never know. What if you're that one that you invited the one girl who then she just invites the other one who invites the other one who invites the other one. And then before you know it, what if each of us did that one, we invited that one person and we multiplied this campus times 250 per each of us in this room. Holy smokes. You guys better start thinking about another building, right? Come on, come on, right? Would, can we believe? Can we believe? So can we say yes to Jesus? Can we say yes to serving others? Can we say yes to your kingdom come and, and, and allow, God wants you to be a part of his story. Would you say yes to being a part of his story tonight? If you would, would you stand to your feet? Would that help anyone tonight? Come on. Come on. And you know, maybe some of you in this room, maybe you're like me and you're, you, you know of God, you've been, you, you've been in, the, in the house of God and uh, but yet maybe there's an area of your heart that you've, you've struggled to fully surrender. And, and, and maybe you, you, you were once walking with God, but maybe just life circumstances and things around you caused you to uh, feel far from God. Friends, I'm here tonight to tell you 
All you need to do is just say, yes, I surrender to Jesus afresh. Yes, I make, I make a decision that Jesus, I want to live for you. I want to, that when, that's, that's all it would take to unlock your destiny tonight. I wonder how many people are in this room that would say, I need to fully surrender. I need to re-surrender my life to Christ. So if you would, if that's you, would you be so bold just to lift up your hand right now, just right where you're at. Thank you, I see that hand. Thank you, I see that hand. Thank you, I see that hand in the back. God bless you. I see that hand, God bless you. So many hands, so 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 awesome. Come on, let's, let's, all, let's all pray together. Pray, this is especially those who are raising your hand for the first time, repeat after me. Jesus, here I am. Save me. I turn from my ways and I turn to you. I ask you to set me free. Jesus, you are my Savior and my Lord. God is my Father. Heaven is my home. I break every agreement with the enemy and I command the enemy of my soul to get off of my life in Jesus name amen 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 come on the best decision that you ever made best decision you ever made is to say yes to Jesus. I had literally no idea what I was signing up for when I was in that hospital room, but I can tell you I don't regret it for a moment. The journey that I've been able to be a part of, to be able to go into the nations, to be able to encourage people, to be able to be here and speak is literally a miracle from heaven. All because it started being in that place of surrendering to Jesus and saying yes. How many others would of, this, of you in this room would say, you know what, I am stirred just afresh to say a yes to serving others to say yes I want to serve I want to believe God's kingdom come I believe for transformation in this county in in East County in my family in my homes come on I just want to pray over you tonight. Father, I thank you for the power of your presence that comes upon your sons and your daughters. Father, I thank you that you put and pour out fresh passion upon them, God, that you would even pour out, even as Zachariah says, a spirit of compassion would come over us, God, that we, we would go and see and, and move and, and, and just even stop for the one and seeing lives change, seeing lives transform. God, I thank you that each and every one in this room has said yes, that there's an unlocking of their destiny. There's an unlocking of the destiny of those that they're called to reach and minister to God. We thank you that this house is full. We thank you that this house would overflow with sons and daughters that are saying yes and just unlocking opportunities, unlocking uh, building your kingdom, God. We thank you for your hand, a provision that is upon them in Jesus' mighty name. And if you believe that, will you say amen? Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.